Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Welcome inside the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Foster, the Fantasy Executive, and George Kurtz. Got you covered on the program coming up this hour. We're going to break down and talk about some of the latest trends and some of these early drafts also go over some news around the NFL as we get ready for OTAs. Also, talk about some of the pressing topics around the National Football League as we get ready to head into kickoff 2018 a little bit later on this year in September. George, before we start talking football, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Well, it's a good afternoon to you, Corey. Oh, yeah, you're you know, right. It know. is a good afternoon. I just woke up, but it's good. It's good morning for me, Joe. Uh, I'm glad you just woke up. I've been <laughs> up for a few hours here, Corey. You know, I'm, I'm working here. Okay? <laughs> I apologize, George, that I was uh, resting comfortably this morning. As the raindrops uh, was hitting off my window, I just couldn't uh, seem to pull it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, not have a lovely day uh, here in the Northeast, right? Uh, uh, it feels like football weather. Yeah, I know. Are you enjoying your holiday weekend? So far, you know, I was going to have a barbecue today, though. That's going to be a little tougher to do. Uh, I got yeah. my cowboy tent, though, to, Corey. You know, you'd like right, it. Well, that's good. Cowboy tent. I'm going to have to move it, though. I'm probably a little closer to the door so we can put the barbecue there without getting uh, yeah. showered. You don't want the ladies to get wet over there. You know what I mean? You want to ruin their oh, hair God and forbid. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You don't want to have to hear about that. So I, I get it. But uh, Kurtz, George Kurtz, my man, at the end of the last program, you said that you don't know if you could name five current NBA players. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can you name could... three. Okay. You can, I know you can name one. Well, that, yeah, I can name LeBron James. All right, I, I can name LeBron James. Uh, he's he's obviously one. Uh, is Kevin Garnett still playing? Kevin Garnett is retired. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Right? I know Allen Iverson's retired. So yes, Allen Iverson is also him. retired. Yeah. All right. There's a guy, uh, uh, I think he plays for uh, Golden State. Or maybe the out there, he's got the the weird hair, the orangish hair. Gr- Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake Griffin does play in the NBA currently, but Blake Griffin is not a member of the Golden State Warriors. He plays for the Detroit Pistons. So you mean if Steph Curry was to come to your cookout today and sit underneath your oh, tent, man. you'd be like, "Who is this guy?" Okay, no, so I would know would... him. I know from the, I know from the commercials. So I, I know okay, Steph very Curry good. Is, uh... All right, damn, yeah, I, sh- I should have been able to name him. Uh, Dwayne Wade, he's still playing. Dwayne Wade is still is still currently active. Very good. He's a, he's older. There we go. He may not be active next year. This might be his last season, but Dwayne Wade is still currently active. But so, it counts, okay. damn it. No, it does. It counts. Very good, George. <laughs> I appreciate that. When I heard that, I'm like, wow. I just found that interesting because I'm like, geez, these guys are on television so much because of commercials and stuff like that. Obviously, everybody knows LeBron James, but uh, I figured that you would be able to get James and Curry. Uh, but, um, yeah, but you know what? Hey, to each his own, you know. Can I name five active hockey players? Alex Ovechkin, right? I I know that one. Um, What's the brothers? Uh, Subban, right? I guess, you know, being the black guy. There's more than one. You can't go wrong with Subban. You can get three or four of them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know the rest of them. Um, I feel like it's uh, uh, somebody, I don't know. There you go. So there you go. To each his own. But now nah, you do got the NBA and NHL playoffs. Speaking of the NHL playoffs, I know I'm not going to get much on the NBA from you. NHL playoffs, you got the Caps and you got the Vegas Golden Knights. How you feel about that series? And when does it start? Has it started already? No, the NHL and its extremely wise wisdom decides to wait until tomorrow, take five days off. Oh, listen, it's all about TV. We know that in yep. professional sports. Mm-hmm. TV dictates everything. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, football, they all listen to TV. So they start tomorrow on the actual Memorial Day. Uh, it's, it's, 
it, it's, a, it's a great story. I don't care. Uh, I, in my mind, you know me. I'm a baseball, football, hockey guy. The Vegas Golden Knights expansion team going to the finals is the biggest story in sports. Uh, it, it truly is. Uh, never saw no one. Anybody who tells you they knew Vegas was going to make the playoffs, more or less the finals, is lying because nobody did. All right, no one saw this coming. Great story, and you mentioned it, Ovechkin. You know, Corey, you're a uh, it, it, you're a Cowboy fan. What yeah. was Romo always criticized for? Couldn't win the big game. Good win, and, and even though the numbers don't support that, he was always played fine. Just the team around him, Ovechkin was the same damn thing, Corey. Same damn thing that he couldn't win the big game. He wasn't great because he couldn't win the big game, even though his numbers were better in the playoffs than they were in the regular season. What do you want the guy to do? Stop pucks too? I mean, so it was just a, it was idiotic, and now he's proven that. And Ao is great for the game. I mean, he's by all accounts he's a he's good, good with charity work, great player. In my mind, the greatest goal scorer ever in the NHL because, you know, better than someone like Gretzky because goal scoring, not overall player, but goal scoring because of the day and age he plays and goalies wear much more equipment nowadays than they did back in the day. So I think it's going to be a fun series. I hope it's a, it goes to game seven. Uh, but I have my doubts about that. I think the, I think this might be the Vegas Golden Knights. It just might be their year. Strange what's going on there. And if you're not going to watch the games at all, Corey, watch the opening ceremonies in Vegas. Come on. I heard. I heard. I heard they Vegas. have a good. I heard they have a good time at halftime and before in the pregame, and at halftime. I heard it's excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. They're going to put on the show. Without... It's Las Vegas. They're going to they put are. on the show. It's Vegas, man. It's Vegas. Mm-hmm. They're definitely going to put on a show. I think all. Of us, I think there's actually a betting line about what monument they're going to blow up from Washington in the opening ceremony. Will be the White House. <laughs> the monument. Well, they can't the do gold, the White the House. Golden Knight. Yeah. Why not? I think, wouldn't that be appropriate? <laughs> remember, the, remember the movie Independence Day where the damn thing blew up the White House? That's what should, that's what they should do. <laughs> that would be very controversial. So I think the NHL wants to stay away from that. But I tell you, which sports league cannot stay away from controversy, George? You guessed it. The National Football League. Earlier this week on uh, Carton and Friends, I said the National Football League was akin to a, 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 another branch of government the 51st state almost, back in the headlines again with this national anthem flap. And see, George, here's the thing. Just leave it alone at this point. Just leave it alone because they keep making a big deal out of it. It's let the story go away. Figure out a way to privately get this done correctly, which they won't get it done correctly because in some ways everybody would be offended at some point. Well, claim to be offended at some point. With that being said, though, they come back out this week. We're back on the table talking NFL National Anthem. They more or less set up, put some rules in place where, you know, if you don't want to stand, you can stay in the locker room. If you do happen to come out on the sidelines and, and do something that they would say, quote, unquote, disrespectful to the flag, could be a fine for your team and a penalty to start the game. It's just let the story stay out the news at this point, George. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, th- does it make any sense that they had months to do something – and then they totally effed it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just totally <laughs> screwed it up. I, I was talking with, I don't know if it was Joe Galino or Kevin Walsh yesterday, but you know the NFL must have uh, m- many PR firms. Mm-hmm. Did they just ignore them all? Because there's no way they, a PR firm told you to do this. They, they must not use right? them properly. They make a uh, ton of mistakes. Uh, but you, you, know, you also bring up a good point. No matter what the NFL did, you're going to piss somebody off. Yep, and it's the way this country works. You know, there's always a group unhappy about something. So you wouldn't, you, you know, I'm not a big uh, fan of Damore Smith, the head of the uh, NFLPA union guy. Understood. Uh, not, not a, I think he makes, it, I think he's a jerk sometimes as well. But yeah, if I'm Roger Goodell and the owners, how do you not at least call a guy and say, hey, hey, I think they should throw some. I think a lot of the fighting they do is just idiotic. But how do you mm-hmm. not at least call the guy? Hey, Damore. What, what, what you, you, gotta, you must agree with us. It's bad for the NFL. It's bad for business. And it is. Because a lot. this is all about money, by the way. None of this is about the anthem. Or pay. It's, it's all about money for the NFL and the sponsors leaving and being upset because fans are complaining to the sponsors, complaining to the NFL. That's all this is about. And Dave Murray Smith has to know this, that it's bad for business. So you can't, don't you have to talk to him, hey, what can we do here? What will make the players happy, our owners happy, and the sponsors happy? Because let's face it, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, that's all anybody cares about in the NFL. The players, too. Money, 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 money. So you know you what? Know, how can we make everybody happy? 
the thing about it is when you talk about the bad for business part of it, I don't know what the sponsorships. Obviously, you had the situation with Papa John's last year. I think that may have been a little bit politically motivated. Also, as a matter of fact, it was Jerry Jones who was the guy that went to um the head of Papa John's Pizza and told him to um take take this up with Roger Goodell. But that was kind of a crossfire between a Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell, Ezekiel Elliott beef that was going on last year. But the number one television program in the United States of America year after year after year, George, is football night in America, Sunday night football. Sunday night football was the number one rated television show of 2017. The number one programs in 2017 out of the top 20 programs that were number one, something like 13 of them were National League were National Football League games. The television numbers aren't going nowhere. Now, it's more people watching television traditionally, but the numbers, people are still watching the sport. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And people are pointing out that the numbers went down last year. That's very true. But the numbers went down for everything last year because, you know why? Because there's more things to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more things to watch. So numbers are going down because people that people are still viewing TV, but they're watching different things. You know, so the television. Listen, the NFL makes money hand over fist, and it's not. That's never going to change. It's way too ingrained here. Uh, but like I said, and people who yell at Goodell, by the way, Goodell is just a mouthpiece for the owners. Yeah, you're right. The you're reason right. Goodell gets paid, the reason he gets paid so much is because the owners tell him, "We don't want to hear this crap. Yep. You're going to yell so at you. You, yep, you, you know, got to take. Jones you got to take the fall." Nope. Right. Kraft doesn't want to hear it. Snyder doesn't want to hear it. You know, so they yell at uh, Goodell, and he's got to take the crap, and he's the fall guy. And that's and all he, fine and good. That's what he gets paid for. He gets paid handsomely to be the fall guy. You're 100% correct on that one. I'll tell you how this is what um, – I saw this firsthand. I'm a cord cutter. I do not have cable television. So when it comes to watching sports, there's different ways I go about it. Now, I have a service where – it does not carry CBS. So in order to watch the AFC championship game, I had to download an app that I had never downloaded. I think it was the CBS Sports app or the CBS All, CBS All Access. So the morning of the AFC championship game, when I realized this, I went into the app store. The number one trending app that morning was the CBS, was CBS All Access. That wasn't to watch some sitcom that came on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. That was to watch the AFC Championship. People are consuming differently now. That's all it is, George. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't to watch NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. right? You know, Madam Secretary, 60 minutes for crying out loud. A whole bunch it of wasn't. 90-year-old yeah. guys. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all about football. And it always, and I don't, I don't want to say always, but for the foreseeable future, that's all it's going to be about. It's why all these, I mean, come on, you got two different uh, stations that are covering now Thursday night football, and they're paying yep. a gazillion dollars to do it. I mean, everybody wants football because it's a ratings grab. It has eyeballs on it. It's great for advertising. And these networks want it because that's how they, that's how they promote their shows. The NCISs yep. and all the other thousand shows, all these reality programs are on that I, I never watch. You know, so the, the NFL's fine. People can, you can say, oh, the ratings are down. It's hurting. It's really not. You know, it's it's nowhere near what you think it is. That's not that the NFL is not taking notice. They are, but in my mind, it's more of a sponsors. That's the yeah. way they're worried about it. You know, some of these sponsors will get up in uh, up in arms. And once again, I don't think the sponsors care all that much either. But the fact that some of their fans might or some groups might, that's going to start protesting them. You know, that's what they're worried about more than anything else. There you go right there. The NFL seems as if they flubbed it again with this situation by not letting it go away. So now you have a situation where we'll be coming into this uh, once again throughout the course of the year. Hopefully it doesn't distract too much from what's going on on the field. Some of the stuff that's going on on the field currently, well, really nothing right now. But we got teams lining up for OTAs and stuff like that. Outside of Barkley, George, who do you think is the second rookie running back? Wow. Uh, second rookie running back off the board. Uh, it depends. On, I mean, I like, you know, I, Darius Geis in Washington. I'm interested. I think he fell into a, a good situation there. Yes, he's got Chris Thompson, who's back from the broken leg, and he will be at least a third down back there. But, you know, there's no one else threatening his first and second down work there. You know, Alex Smith is uh, someone's going to use the running game there, so I'm interested uh, in him. Outside of that, uh, I mean, everybody else has What do you think about uh, Penny issues. in Seattle? What do you think about Penny in Seattle? Oh, well, you know, Penny's a big guy, right? That's yeah. good because he's going to need the first tackle to bounce off him. 
Because that, that offensive line still scares me. <laughs> that bad, I mean, Scott could say all he wants about how the offensive line's better than it was. It's, I think, uh, if you want to call it average, I think it's an insult to average. So, uh, I mean, I, so he'll, he has a full-time opportunity. It's his job. And, you know, and teams will worry about Russell Wilson, but the passing game isn't a bigger threat anymore. You lost Rich to the deep guy. You don't have Jimmy Graham. It's Baldwin or Bust there, which means you're going to have a lot of safeties going to be playing close to the line of scrimmage as well. No, well, I think I'm still going Darius Geis over Penny. Okay, cool. I, I, I can dig that. I also like uh, the kid carry on Johnson in Detroit. I think he's going to get an opportunity right out the gate. He's a real good dynamic running back. You'll see when he gets on the field. A lot of people have compared him to Le'Veon Bell. Injuries uh, have seemed to be the thing that have slowed him down in the past. But with that being said, you know, still as we get closer to you know, kick off and we get the training camp and stuff like that. You start to hear stories about these rookie backs coming out. So just wanted to get your take and, and your opinion on that because with OTAs going on, listen, not too many things going on with the guys that we already know. It's more about who's going to be in camp as what, what these rookies look like. And it's not so much about guys like Brady and Gronk that miss OTAs and they create a big story with stuff like that, George. But that's just Brady and Gronk showing that um everything is not well in New England. That definitely seems to be you. Oh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, there are things. It's I mean we never heard the stuff in New England, right? Never. You're hearing cracks all over the place from Garoppolo. You know, did did Brady force that trade for Garoppolo last year? Brady saying he feels disrespected this year uh, on the offseason this year, and I get that because of uh, you know he, he's down. He takes ten million dollars salary, which another quarter he can make. He'd be making thirty million if he wants. I think he wants. Yep. He wants to know where that money's going. You know, why do I keep losing wide receivers? Why do I keep losing talent? That sort of thing. Gronk wants a new contract. Uh, you know, they they let Nate Soto go. I'm sure Brady wants to know who's going to protect them as well. We're definitely seeing cracks in the foundation. No doubt about it. So you definitely see a situation where that thing may be coming to an end, that long-standing dynasty in New England. And really, George, I don't know who who's the AFC team that's ready to take the mantle, though. So um, that's going to be interesting. But we'll discuss that. Also break down some more latest news going on around the NFL when we come back on the other side. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, Fantasy Executive, and George Kirsch right here. 844-843-6879 if you want to get involved on the action. Telephone lines open right now. We go live. You got to keep questions, whether you want to talk strategy, which we're about to get into in a little bit. But, George, um, who's the team in the AFC that can dethrone, dethrone the Patriots? Well, you know, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's certainly not going to be easy. Unfortunately, first team that comes to mind, of co- first team that comes to mind is Pittsburgh, right? Yep. I mean, uh, you got Ben Roethlisberger, you got Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, but losing Ryan Shazier, that's a blow. I mean, that's really a blow. I wasn't thrilled about the pick of Edmonds in the first round. Certainly, don't see him as a replacement for Shazier. Not that anybody really could. Shazier was that good. So uh, I. I in the end, I don't, I don't know if Pittsburgh is a true threat there. Uh, some people say Jacksonville, which game more they could handle in the, uh, in the championship game. The problem with that is, man, that division, Jacksonville, the AFC South, that's not going to be easy for them. I think they're all going to cannibalize each other between Tennessee, Jacksonville, not so much Indianapolis, but Houston now that everyone's back from the injuries. Uh, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, I think that's the team there. You, know, the, you might win with division 9, 7, 10, 6, which means you don't get any home games over in the, the, the division winner for the first round, and you're going on the road. That's tough. KC, I don't know. With uh, Patrick Mahomes, first year, 
Chargers are interesting, but losing Hunter Henry now for the year is a tremendous blow to that team. Uh, Denver, Case Keenum. Uh, I mean, I do like the addition of Bradley Chubb there, going back to their defense they had a couple of years ago. But uh, the problem is there's no team here. Where, oh, it's, it's definitely this team. Watch out for this team. I don't see a team. You know, that's absolutely. I'll go with Pittsburgh again, but I just don't know if they can do it. Another interesting point, talking a little bit of NFL. And I think you do like Pittsburgh. What I would worry about with Pittsburgh, Todd Haley's not there no more. I think that may play a bigger factor that people uh, look at. Don't get me wrong. People, just, the, the, the players on the team despise Todd Haley, but Todd Haley was very good at what at what he does. Um, also, he's in Cleveland now, so he stays inside the division. So that would be interesting. Not to mention the fact, so you talk about who can dethrone in the AFC. The NFC seems to be more wide open, but when you look at the NFC, is there a bad team in the NFC? You could make an argument that the top four teams are in the NFC. You know, Philadelphia, Minnesota, the Rams, with Saints, Green Bay. Wow, this is this division is loaded. You know, you could certainly make that argument there. Uh, it's not going to be any fun in all these divisions. I mean, who are the bad teams in the? Uh, yeah, it's no in bad the teams in the, in the NFC. I mean, Chicago. They're improving. They're improving. But, uh, Tampa. Tampa Bay, Tampa uh, Bay, Arizona. A, might get... a, year, a year ago, people thought Tampa Bay was one of the favorites in the NFC South. Arizona was a favorite in, in in their division. They get David Johnson back. They may have some stability at quarterback. It's like it, it's, the uh, NFC you're right. is I mean, it's loaded. Yeah, the NFC is loaded. Yeah, I, think it, I think in the 2019 draft, you're going to see a lot of top a, a lot of AFC teams at the top. And no doubt about it. I, I agree with you 100% on that. So the NFC is loaded, and the AFC has two teams. <laughs> it's it's definitely top-heavy in the AFC. Uh, I think they're, I think uh, the problem with all the teams seem to be like Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Houston. Not that they're world beaters. They're all good teams, but they're in the same division, which means they're going to crush each other. You know, and so I think that's a problem there. K, uh, KC losing Alex Smith. I like Mahomes, but still first year. Let's see what he can do. You know, Rivers in Los Angeles, I mean, I was really kind of high on the charge, but I think losing Hunter Henry is a, a big loss there. Uh, not that he's going to kill them, but you're going to get more injuries. Now, you've already lost one in May. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when you lose another one, too? There? That, that just, it adds up over time. So I, I think the AFC has some problems. The, 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 the reason why it's so hard to go against New England is because the division sucks. That's I mean, nobody's the ready there to really compete with them. You know they're exactly. going to win 10, 11 games every year just on a division. It's just – it's. I guess it's disappointing how long it's taken this division to catch up to them. No, it really has. It's been uh, well over a decade now, and can't nobody seem to do anything with the New England Patriots. They're more or less getting the cakewalk. If you're Tom Brady, you're talking about playing until 45 years old. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you in the, in the AFC East? You really could. I mean, you're almost guaranteed to be in at least the AFC Championship game each and every year. So you know what? If you can ride it till 45 years old, especially as a quarterback who nobody can touch anyway, why not go for it? I want to transition talk a little fantasy with you now, George. Um, I don't know. This year right here, from some of the early drafts I've done, I tell you what, the running backs are going off the board fast and furious, and when they dry up, everything left is like question mark, guys. Do you think this is the year where we're going to see people go back to running back, running back in the first two rounds? I don't. I don't know if I'm quite going to see that. I think the the running back zero strategy is just about done. That's all. Yeah, because gotta of be. what we, we're talking about. Yeah, I think that's pretty close. I think the only reason I don't think anybody's going into a draft being a zero running back strategy now on purpose. I think it may happen because oh, listen, I just couldn't pass these wide receivers or whatever. I think that could happen, but no one's going into it thinking. I don't know if I could go running back, running back because I think actually the only way I could do it, Corey. Is probably if I'm at the turn 12, 13, or 11, 14, where there's still good running backs left. As you go into the higher teens in the 20s, I don't know if there's going to be a second running back I'm going to want there. You know, you take uh, yep, you know, Bell first overall at 24. I'm not, what running back are you going to get at 24 overall? Yeah, you're going to want to take one over another uh, wide receiver. Would you start That'd a draft? Biggest issue there. Would you start a draft? Le'Veon Bell, Jordan Howard. You know, I was just looking at it. It's funny you should say that because he's the guy I'm looking at because uh, the rankings I'm looking at have him have, have Howard at 17. I'm like, well, you know, he could be there at 23, 24. Uh, I would certainly have to think about it. Yeah, I think you got to tell me why. We, uh, one, I'm going to assume we're talking about PPR league, right? You're not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thankfully, because I don't want to argue about uh, what type of league here. No. I think now it comes down to what, what wide receiver is going up against Howard. Okay. 
the the intriguing one that I've seen kind of fall into that range to where you could start with a Zeke and another running back, especially if you're drafting in the top half of your draft this year, is Devontae Freeman. Tends to fall to the late second round, sometimes the early third round. I've even seen Freeman fall. And I understand Freeman has the concussion thing, but when he's on the field, George, my goodness, there's one. he's one of the top running backs in the NFL. Didn't really see him catch the football as much this past season. That work kind of went to Tevin Coleman. So you know you may miss a game or two with, with a concussion for Freeman. And don't give me – listen, I'm not trying to play it down. As he starts to pile up these concussions, you know, you might see a season where he gets put on the IR because of this. With that being said, there's the risk involved with Freeman because once you start getting these concussions at the pace he's getting them, you kind of don't stop. But are you willing to take that risk and maybe start a draft with like a Zeke and Devontae Freeman? Yeah, I would be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like Freeman. He's my cutoff as far as uh, where my tier ends. Okay, is he before? uh, Interesting that you say that. Let me hop in right quick. Is he before or after LaShawn McCoy? After. I do have McCoy. Okay. Uh, so you still have McCoy. McCoy you have McCoy ranked ahead of Freeman. I do. Barely. Not much. I uh, McCoy okay. top 12. Freeman just out of the top 12. Okay. McFreeman or McCaffrey? You, you, just, you just need three guys in a row for me. McCoy, okay, you go. McCaffrey, Freeman. Yeah, those are my three in a row. McCaffrey I dropped because of the uh, addition of C.J. Anderson. Now, you know, you almost know he's not going to be a touchdown guy there, the goal line guy. That'll be Anderson. Before they had Anderson, I had McCaffrey much higher. Okay. So you think – so you're not worried about North Turner and going to a nine-step drop and trying to make – and trying to make it look like the 80s. <laughs> like, I think, no, think Norv is smart Norv, to know that, what he has. That's not Norv Turner. I mean, Norv, that's not Troy Aikman. That's Cam Newton. He can he can dish it and, and take it. Uh, yeah, I, I think he. I think Norv will adjust. I, listen, I really hope he adjusts his system. Because if not, that's a, that's a silly hire. Because you really have to know is. what you have. You guys, you got to ask him. Norv, well, you know, we'd like to hire you, but what, what are you thinking about doing here with Cam? He said, oh, a lot of seven-step drops. Well, Thank you for coming, Norv, and you know you enjoy your retirement. <laughs> but, uh, I, I really hope that's what they asked. And I, I, I have to assume. I just have to assume. I mean, R- Rivera's not a dumb man. That he's uh, he's made sure of, uh, New- New- that Turner is not gonna try and turn Newton into Troy Aikman. That would be a huge mistake. So it's funny that you say that. I saw a picture from Carolina Panthers OTAs this weekend, and it was three people in the picture. North Turner, Cam Newton, <laughs> and Troy Aikman. <laughs> Saw that picture as well. As I knew where you were going with that. Uh, <laughs> let's just hope Troy was just doing some work there for Fox there and not trying to give pointers. Exactly. There you go right there. Uh, I love Troy Aikman, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, you can't stand there and be a statue. So hopefully North Turner. Because you got to think, North Turner, when he was his last job in Minnesota, that offense didn't take off until Sherman took over. That's when that team really got going. You're correct. You are correct. And Norv really hasn't succeeded much in over the past, what, five, ten years. You know, he, is, uh, he bombed in Washington as the head coach. I think his last good maybe with, uh, with the Chargers. Yeah, that, I was about to say, maybe you saw a little bit of what he could be then. But remember, I, this we, we take this back maybe seven, seven, eight years now. It was Ryan Matthews. Remember Ryan Matthews when he was a rookie? Oh, this is North Turner. North Turner throwing the football to the backs out the backfield. Everything is going to be great. Ryan Matthews is a back that can catch the football out the backfield. And don't get me wrong, Matthews was never really healthy enough to be an option except for once, you know, except for a couple of spurts in his NFL career. I don't even know if Ryan Matthews is still in the NFL. That's crazy. With that being said, North throwing the football to the backs at the backfield has been something that they've North been doing for a while now. At least they've been saying that. We didn't see it in these last couple of st- stretches, but I think when you have a talent like McCaffrey, this is a guy that caught 80 balls last year, something like that. I think he's in line to be a top PPR running back again. You're just not going to get nothing from him in between the tackles running the football. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a weird situation. I was surprised, you know, that this about this hire. I di- I didn't see this coming uh, because once because I because I, I, you and I both know Norv. You know, we both know what he wants to bring, and it doesn't seem to be a mesh with Cam uh, in this offense for that matter. And you think about even McCaffrey. That's not Emma Smith. You know, it's a different type of back here. So I was definitely surprised that uh, they this, this is what they came to. You know, when I think of Cam, you know. 
I've, I'm, I'm never a huge fan of Cam because he, he's not. A, he's a great running quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. So you need to, you need to move him at. You need to move him out of the pocket. You need to let him run. The problem is he's got the concussion history as well. Not a good thing. And you, you don't want to chance your franchise quarterback that kind of talent. His career ending early because of these concussions. That's what I don't, think, said, career. I don't, I don't think you can do nothing about it. To be honest with you, I, I agree. Cam, that, that's the that's, think, that's the problem. Yep, you can't. If you don't let him run, he's not, he, he's not he's not worthy. Yep, you know, you have to. That's what his value is. You know, but I think, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, Corey. But in, in all sports, I don't want to see the great athletes get hurt. Even know, if it's I better for my, my fantasy team or my, you know, or the Cowboys, or whatever it might the team I root for, I don't want to see Cam get hurt. Because I, I like to watch the man play. Did, you know, and I like to watch great show, athletes play and. The Deshaun Watson injury last year was one of the. I mean, I was heartbroken. Sucked. I was heartbroken because it you sucked. had. That was that, that. And I'm listen. I don't root for the Houston Texans. As a matter of fact, I kind of hate the Houston Texans because they share a state with my Dallas Cowboys. But with that being said, when he when that guy oh, went crazy. down, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" It was devastating because once again, you want to see the great players play. You do. And I was it was fun to watch this guy who no one really saw this coming right away, lighting up. I mean, that game you lit up the Seahawks in Seattle. I was I'm watching the, I was doing the fantasy live in, in studio and I'm barely being able to talk because I wanted to watch this guy play. It was fun to watch him that game and see what he could do. It was it was almost like bringing football back. It reminded me of the old uh, Air Coriel days, just throwing the ball all over the place, putting points on the board. It was fantastic. So you never want to see these great players get hurt, and I don't want to see Cam Newton's career get ended early because of the injuries here. Uh, so I, I said, but I, I agree with you. If you don't let him run, he's just, he's not a five-step seven, seven drop and throw the ball. His accuracy has never been that good. He needs to get out of the pocket to be at that dangerous weapon that the Carolina Panthers need. So, you know, it's sort of you have to do what you have to do. You know, you got to let him play. If, you get, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. So you got McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson in, in that situation. Obviously, McCaffrey will be a top guy because of what he can do catching the football out of the backfield, and that makes him a top PPR talent. Let's just go through the rest of that division. You look at New Orleans, you'll miss Ingram for four games, but you got Kamara. Kamara's going right outside the top five or right sometimes in, right inside the top five. Now, here comes the Mark Ingram situation. Four-game suspension will likely appeal, get it down to two- or three-game suspension. He's dropping down into seventh, eighth-round of drafts. Man, he's sitting there, George, and you got the and you got the running back real estate to take a gamble on it. That's a fantastic pick. It is if you're assuming he gets it down by appeal. No, no. I'm not so sure what's going on with Goodell. He's going to get it down. Uh, you're right about office. that too. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't trust Roger Goodell as far as I can bowl him. Uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, so I, I, I'm the problem is if he gets the four games, uh, they play week five, but then they have a bye week, week six. So nice. he may not play much in week five. Now you've lost him for the first six weeks of the season, really, of You're the right. fantasy season. That's, you know, that's, that's half our fantasy season. That's my issue there. We need a lot of hope here. You're sort of hoping he loses a game or two of that suspension, hoping he plays a lot in week five. You know, if you don't get that, then all of a sudden the, he is an eighth-round value. That's about where he is because you're only getting seven weeks out of him fantasy-wise and your playoffs. You know, you have to worry what kind of shape he's going to be in. I think, listen, I think he'll be in fine shape, but it always seems to me that these guys who are get suspended, they, they get hurt real quick. So they, they get that groin strain, the hamstring strain, the calf strain, because they're in shape, but they're not in football shape. So I'm going to worry about that as well. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't take them, because I probably would, because, listen, every running back, they could have a broken leg. They could, their leg could be amputated. I'm probably drafting them. There's just not enough to go around. So when you that, that's interesting that you, that you bring that point up about when these guys are suspended and stuff like that. Now, I love Le'Veon Bell. I think he's the best player in fantasy. You know he's going to hold out until just Le'Veon Bell is going to hold out until if the Steelers open up on Monday night, Le'Veon Bell, you may not see him in, until that Tuesday or Wednesday. He's not going to report probably to that Tuesday or to that Wednesday like it's a regular NFL work week. Do you trust taking him in the top two picks with this lengthy holdout coming up? Uh, listen, if, if everything was even. I think that I would take Le'Veon Bell number one. I but agree. I'm not because I everything you said is true, and I agree with it. I I think the Steelers' plan for Le'Veon Bell this season is to run him into the ground, and then let him say, "You know what? A lot when, of carries. Yep. And then say goodbye. And then say goodbye. You know, they're never uh, going to pay him. Never give him that. They're never going to pay him. No, they're, they're never going to give him the money that he think, wants or deserves. I don't think. 
I don't think they're gonna. Uh, oh, he certainly deserves. It. He's one of the best. He's a different type of running back than we really we've ever seen. He has more patience. I mean, I. You want, he's fun. Another guy is fun to watch because he can wait, wait, wait till he finds out what he what he's looking for and run. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I, I love him. He deserves to be be paid, and he's only twenty six. So yeah, it's it's strange. But I, it's, I think the Steelers just truly believe you don't pay a running back, you don't pay a short shelf life. We could find somebody else. You know, I think that's what they believe, and I have no problem with that thinking because I kind of agree with it as well. Uh, but that being said, I worry. You look at his last year's stats, Le'Veon Bell. First couple of games, he got off to slow, a slow start. You know, he had 32 yards game one, 87, 61. One touchdown in the first three weeks. You know, so I'm worried about it. that happens again. Now, you could also say, well, you know, he played Minnesota week two. Pretty damn good defense. Okay, I got to give you that. First two, two of the first three games were on the road. Steelers have problems on the road. Also true. But still, you know, they got the same situation this year. So that's going to drop him. I'm only dropping him the number two, mind you. I'm not dropping any further than two because I think the other running backs we can bring up problems as well, you know. But uh, that's the uh, assuming you're right, and I I think you are. I agree with you. I think Gurley, uh, Gurley. I think Bell holds out until a Tuesday before until he has to report. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Gurley number one overall. If it, uh, if Bell if they do sign a long term contract or Bell shows up in somewhere in August, early August, and is ready, then I'll reverse that and take Bell one. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see how how, how interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, in Pittsburgh, but I kind of more or less feel like we already know how it's going to play out. And you make a good point about these NFL running backs, and I want to continue to talk running backs when we come back for these next segments as we push towards Fantasy Football 2018. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Frenzy FNTSY Radio, the exec, my man, George Kurtz. Telephone lines open discussing some of these running back rooms around the NFL. So Devontae Freeman, George, is the highest paid running back in the NFL. His salary, as compared to other sports, is on par with baseball, probably like a relief pitcher, and in the, and in the NBA, uh, a guy that makes the same amount of money as Devontae Freeman is a bench player, and he's the highest paid running back in the NFL. It's almost like it's yeah, not. I don't think it, it's probably not long term when you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, the money's still the money. I mean, yeah, you're no still doubt. making very good coin. Yeah, so not, you'll be fine. Yeah. But for a professional athlete, I mean, you just brought up. I mean, the fact that it's the same as a bench player in the NBA, I mean, that tells you something. And we know football, it prints money, right? I mean, yep. there's any doubt. That's why all these people, whenever a football team comes, uh, is up for sale, everybody wants to buy one. They're all worth a couple of billion dollars. You know, what did we just see the Carolina Panthers sold for? $2.2 I mean, it's, it's billion. Dollars. The Panthers. Right. That's the, I, I, the thing, right? It's the Panthers. We're not talking uh, a marquee franchise here. Yep. You're talking about the Carolina Panthers, but for $2.2 billion, It's crazy. You know, and the fact that these running backs don't get paid. You know, uh, I, I mean, I'm not someone who really begrudges someone their money uh, in no. professional sports. Yep. You, you make what you can make. All right. Yeah, no uh, I, I probably begrudge that. I wish everybody would make less than maybe the – Ticket prices weren't so damn expensive, but I'm not someone who begrudges their money. And even if I was, I would never begrudge a football player their money. Okay, no you and I are old it. enough, Corey, to remember Earl, someone like Earl Campbell. Yeah, you know, I know you hate Houston. You know, for some because they play in the same state as Dallas. I've never heard before, by the I way. I didn't. You know, the funny thing about it is, I didn't hate the Oilers. Uh, the I, Oilers I did. Were- Actually, it's fun. I, I, a friend of mine was an oil fan, all right? So mm-hmm. I hated the oil. I did like okay. the song, though. You know, the Love Your Blue. Love Your Blue. Houston, and I, right, Bum Phillips. I, I liked Bum Phillips with, you know, Excellent. the cowboy hat and all. Mm-hmm. And I loved Earl Campbell. I mean, even as a cowboy fan, I loved Earl Campbell. And, you know, the Oilers got screwed. They should have went to the Super Bowl that one year where Pittsburgh got that call in the AFC Championship game where uh, I think it was Kenny Burroughs. He was in bounds. Uh, they ruled him out. But anyway, uh, the point is you, you and I are old enough to remember Earl Campbell. 
and what with the back he was, the big bruising back. You know, people couldn't take him down. It was like playing tackle football when you're uh, when you're younger with your friends. And you got that one big guy that everyone would all just dragging on. That's what Earl Campbell was to the, in, in the NFL back then. He can barely walk nowadays. And you know, you know what the crazy part and, uh, about it, it is, George? I don't even think he's sixty years old. That's that's what I mean. He's not that much older than we are. Yep. He's just not that much older. And this has been, by the way, this is not something that just recently happened. He, he's been like this for 15, 20 years. For a, for a while now, he has been. He's been wheelchair confined for a while now. And I remember seeing yeah. before uh, Bum Phillips passed away, I remember seeing, uh, I mean, it was 30, uh, 30, some kind of documentary. And um, he was in tears, uh, Bum Phillips. And he was like, if he would have known then what he knew now, he wouldn't have ran, he wouldn't have ran, Earl, he wouldn't have ran Earl Campbell the way he did. I, I, that's why I can't begrudge because I do think there are football players in general, not all of them, but in general, a lot of their lives are going to get shortened. Yep. You know, they're going to lose years of their life because, listen, in some ways, you're, especially for a running back or a lineman, you're getting into how many collisions that are the equations of car wrecks. Yep. You know, a, a game. So that's why, and to bring, let's go back to your point about you know, how Devonta Freeman's making the most money of a running back, but it's the equivalent of, uh, you know, a relief pitcher in baseball, an NBA uh uh, bench player, it, it's probably not right, not fair for what is the, I mean, the linemen are the most violent position in uh, in football because mm-hmm. they're, they're hitting each other 60, 70 times a game. But running backs next, and generally those collisions are even more violent because they're getting a running start. Yeah. So those are kids, they're hitting each other at a greater impact there. So it's not fair. It's probably not right. Not that anyone's going to really cry for them because they're still making millions of dollars, which is you it's know, just the economics you and I are making. Yep, no doubt. It's just the economics of the game, George, and the way the NFL salary structure is set up. It's the economics of the, it's the economics of the game. When you have that window, you got to get as much as you can, and you look at Le'Veon Bell. Now, don't get me wrong; Bell is going to get paid handsomely on a series of one-year franchise tag type deals. But there's no stability. There's no long-term stability in that, and he's never going to really have that. Not to mention the fact with Bell. He plays in the AFC North. You know how those football games are. And he has been a guy that's been targeted in those AFC North uh, games. Yeah, it's also why in the NFL, when you hear about all these players retiring early, I don't blame you one little bit. I don't blame you. Nope. Uh-huh. You want to make your you want to make your money and get the hell out? Listen, you go do it. You know, Jason people got on Jason Witten for retiring. Now, I understand he's not the same thing. He didn't really retire early. But people yeah. got on Witten for retiring. You know, he's he's married, he's got a couple of kids. He knows he's at the end of his career. He knows he's in pretty good health right now. And he got a great job over from ESPN. I think he did the absolute right thing. I can't begrudge him. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed he left. You know, Hall of Fame tight end uh, that I love to watch. But as a family man myself, I get it. I get it. I mean, don't you want to be healthy for the rest of your life? You know, now with the CTE, which you can't even discover if you have it now, is, uh, and that's football over there from the helmet collisions. I said I, I don't begrudge any football player. Who says, you know what, I've made my money now. Now I want to, even though I, I could play another five years, you know, I have time left, but I want to make sure my health is intact. And I don't blame them. You know, because, listen, these guys generally retire between their 30 and 35. I mean, I'm 50 now, I'm 48 now. I still feel like I can do things. And I, I, I'm glad my health is in good shape. And now these guys I certainly want to be the same way. So I don't blame them, listen, one little bit here. I think they're, for the most part, I think that they're doing the smart thing. No doubt about it. I agree with you 100% on that. Let's get back in some of these side, these, some of these running back rooms around the NFL. What do you think of the situation in Tennessee with Derrick Henry? And then you bring in, um, oh, God, I can't think of the young man from the from the Patriots that they brought Deion in. Lewis. Deion, Deion Lewis. Listen, people like Derrick Henry as an RB1. They bring in Deion Lewis. People like Henry as an RB2 now. I'm Listen, George, I've, I've had a piece of Derrick Henry every year he's been in the NFL. Hasn't really worked out to this to this point. It looked like it was going to work out this year. We see Deion Lewis. Lewis is not turning me away from Henry that much because Lewis has his own injury issues, and I think Henry's kind of engraved in that system, but they definitely did bring Lewis in there for a reason. I think it's a – listen, most teams, most NFL teams have some kind of complementary back system. You know, I think this is perfect. You know, I think this this is better. If I'm a Henry owner, this is better than Henry and Murray because they're not the same type of back. You know, no they, have, they have different roles here. You know, uh, Lewis is going to catch the ball more. Henry's going to be your between the tackles guy. I think what you said is uh, correct. Uh, I think if I would have had Henry uh, in running back one, and now I didn't have Henry as a running back one anyway, but he was just missing. Mm-hmm. Now he's just a lower end running back two. 
you're fine. You're still starting. I mean, the Tennessee offense is better. I think it's uh, I think it's moving on. Mariota should get better. They got better wide receivers. National teams can't load up to stop the running backs here. So, I mean, listen. If I was in a keeper league, dynasty league, and I had I was keeping Henry from last year, am I happy that Lewis went there? No. I would have rather have not been there. We'd be more touches. But I'm not devastated either. There are only a few teams, you know, the Elliots, the Johnsons, the Bells of the world, Gurley, and a few others that only have one running back. And Hunt. that's it. And that's why we want those guys early in the first round because they are the guys, the bell cows, are going to get the ball 9,000 times. Most teams have some sort of committee here. So I don't really panic all that much about it. But, yes, I am disappointed. Like I said, you know, three months ago, it was all Henry, and it was going to be great. He was going to be one of those guys. Now he's not. Now he's got Lewis. He does have a caddy. But Henry is still a touchdown guy, and that's still the most important thing. When you look at the situation in Chicago, Jordan Howard, clearly not a PPR running back, but you do have the Tariq Cohen, who caught 50, quietly caught over 50 passes last year. A lot of people say that Tariq Henry is the guy, especially with that new offense coming in, or the college-style offense. They're going to spread it out. They think Tariq Cohen could be a guy that can really hit this year. Let's start with Howard. Howard is a plotter, not a pass catcher. But you know what? Every year that he's been in the league, he finishes an RB1, and he scores you close to double-digit touchdowns. It's almost the same situation as Tennessee that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, Cohen is a weapon, and they have to use him. Uh, Cohen has to uh, – if they're going to spread it out, I don't know if they'll do it as much. I wonder if that's sort of uh, you know blustering because they, don't, they shouldn't need to. If this was last season, they would need to again because they didn't have the wide receivers. This year, you got Allen Robinson, you got Gabriel, Anthony Miller. They drafted. Maybe you get something out of Kevin White. Who the hell knows? You know, you got Trey Burton, who you signed in Francie. This is a legitimate offense again. So I don't know if they need to go bananas with Cohen this season. That being said, they're going to use him. Howard, who was an RB one last year, is just an RB two this year. You know, I have him a little below Henry. You know, but they're both in the same tier. Uh, you said that. I mean, I like Henry better. I think he has more skills. But uh, I think Howard's, once again, still RB2. Personally, yep. I may hate Howard because I think he cost me the playoffs in the league last year by being so inconsistent early in the season. So maybe I have some personal bias there. And when I say maybe, I do. I'm not drafting the man this year. It pisses me off. But no, that being that- said, I think he's still a solid running back in fantasy. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I agree. I'm going to have some shares of Cohen this year only because when you get into that, once you get outside of those top-tier running backs that have the or bell cow or a fantasy bell cow. Uh, all of those guys are the same. What's the difference between Cohen and Deion Lewis? Nothing. What's different between uh, Sony Michelle, the guy coming in to New England, and Tariq Cohen? We really don't know what it's going to be their workload, so we're just fully taking a shot with these running back two, running back three types, George. But the truth of the matter is, Maybe the best way to go is to just load up in those first two rounds, get your two solid running backs you can depend on, and try to figure it out at your wide receiver position. Well, you make a great point because wide receivers deep. You could find wide receivers into the 50s and 60s overall players, I mean, uh, overall wide receivers, where it's deep. So you can make it work where running back you can't. You know, running backs running backs going to get real thin real quick where you're like, oh, God. You know, what, what, what did I do here? So I, that's why I, I won't begrudge any, I won't yell at anybody who went running back, running back. You know, I think for me, uh, I almost certainly want a running back in the first round. Almost certainly. I mean, I would, it would take me a lot to take a wide receiver first round. It means that every running back went. And I just, oh, Christ, Antonio Brown fell. Someone, something like that would have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, round two is where it gets a little bit more interesting for me because I'm not against taking a running back in the second round, but now it's where, now it's the comparison. Okay, who's the wide receiver that I'm passing up on here? And it may even be a situation where even if the wide receiver is better, I still might go running back if the value is close enough because of what we're, uh, what we're talking about here, how shallow it gets at running back and how deep it is at wide receiver. So I can even see myself uh, still taking the running back there. Uh, so it really comes down to your draft strategy and how your draft is working out. Yeah, once again, we're talking PPR leagues. If we're talking standard, that's something completely different. Then yeah. we're heavily leaning towards the running backs. You know, I, I'm not going to take a quarterback early. Uh, Corey, I don't do that. Uh, I'll, I'll never do that in a draft. Not, on, not unless you know Rogers falls around round five or something silly like that. Because I want to load up on my running backs and my wide receivers, and even tight end. And I understand tight end gets it gets shallow more quickly than something like quarterback. But there's still eight or nine tight ends I can live with. So I don't think I'll take a tight end before round five either. Although that's a little that's more draft dependent for me. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is I'm gonna first five, six, seven rounds in a in a perfect draft for me. First six, seven, eight rounds, all I want to do is take running backs 
and wide, and receivers. wide receivers. No, I agree with you 100% on that. I think that is the way to go also, George. Um, let me give you a scenario. You, have, you take Kareem Hunt in the first round. You're coming back in the second round. You're looking at Christian McCaffrey and Mike Evans. I think I'll go McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Evans, he had a disappointing year. I mean, I like, I think he's going to have a bounce back year this year, but they have some other options there as well. So it's not all about Mike Evans. You know, you got the Sean Jackson. Uh, you, you got, got the kid. I really Godwin. wish they wouldn't have signed. Yeah. You, you saw, and uh, I, I mean, when I think Tampa Bay, I, I, I wish I knew why they signed Cameron Bray because I think OJ Howard's a fantastic player. And they should have yeah. they should have saved the salary cap money and gone that direction. But, you know, they didn't consult me. He's a, uh, he's a uh, Bray is a. They love O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's great. The thing about Brait is Brait's got a ally on the team, and his ally is Jameis Winston. And when you are the quarterback's favorite, it's they, they, they're going to make sure that the quarterback is taken care of. That, that is the way it is in the NFL. You make the quarterback happy. I get that. But, man, $47 he's, million, he's making almost no, I, no, I, I seven you, and a half know, a year. Ugh. He's Jameis's second read. He looks for he looks for Evans, then he immediately goes to Brait. Brait's his guy. Well, that's it's true of most most quarterbacks. Who do you want to throw the ball to? The big mm-hmm. target over the middle that's close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you know, he is your outlet there. I, I get it, and it's nothing against Brait. I think Brait's a very good tight end. I think Brait's great. They don't need both Bay, of them. though. Yeah, they don't need both. Right, of them. you don't need both. It hurts. I think Howard's a better overall tight end. You know, block if he ever gets a chance. He bring, yeah, he needs to get the opportunity. Won't. Yep, and he probably won't get the opportunity. I thought last year they should have moved Brait for uh for one of the Patriots running backs. I really thought they should have did that last year. And I think yeah, if Gronk was yeah. was wavering, I think they probably would have done that because I know that New England has been interested in Cameron Brait. They just can't figure out how to get him out of Tampa. And with that new contract, they're not going to get him out of Tampa now. Yeah, even if Gronk, even if Gronk wasn't wavering, once again, the New England offense with two tight ends, we saw it when Aaron Hernandez, before he went off the deep end, how yeah. well, well that offense functioned there. Uh, and, and I said, Brait's a, a very good tight end. It's just not, I'm not knocking him at all. I just, if I was the Buccaneers, I would have rather you seen that salary cap young, money yep, spent in You would want to develop the young talent because you can get to a situation with three or four, two, three, two years from now, you could have two tight ends making top dollars, not to mention the fact you're paying Mike Evans $17 million a year, and you're going to have to pay Jameis soon too. So they're going to have to figure that out. This is, a, this is, a, this is, this is a, going to be an interesting year for the Buccaneers because they got to figure out a way to get this thing right or else people are going to be out of a job. It's more than likely going to be Cutter and not Winston. Tampa Bay Buccaneers also talking about kicking the tires on Adrian Peterson this offseason. George, I'm ready for Adrian. I love this, Adrian Peterson, George, but it's time for him to go. I, I agree. I don't understand why you'd want to bring in AP. Uh, any team, really. Oh, and I shouldn't say anything. I'm sure there's such teams that would make sense here. But, you know, you draft a rookie, right? I mean, you, you got you got Ronald Jones there. You've got plenty of depth running backs. You know, Barbara, Jacquees, Rogers, Sims, who could do different things for you. So why do you want to bring in AP? You know, you're bringing a future Hall of Famer, which means he's going to have some kind of media buzz with him. We saw it last year. You certainly he doesn't handle well, but he doesn't get the ball. Yeah, and he's going to want the ball here because he's not he's not going to feel anybody should start there over him. You know, and he, and I I understand that he's going to want to be given a shot. Now, are you going to feel you have to give him the ball then? Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think you you draft the Ronald Jones in the second round for a reason. Go for give it. him let a chance. Let's see it. what he can do. Let him let let him have the opportunity. I think they made a mistake passing on Cook last year. Don't get me wrong; they did get OJ Howard. Which uh you know could end up working out better for them. And this year they go in the second round, they get their running back, and I think he's a running back that they should stick with and give him the opportunity to develop because that's something that can really help this offense, the proliferation of a running back. So there you go, George. It looks like it looks like running back, running back in a lot of scenarios, depending on how the draft falls, could be a trend we see return in two thousand eighteen. I agree. And even talking with you now, you're, you're even convincing me more now. Even though I was wavering a little while, you look at the just, – you just look at what's going on here. I agree with you. So, first hour, fancy football frenzy in the books. I want to talk some tight ends in hour number two, get ready to break that stuff down. It's the frenzy, the exec, George Kurtz. You want to get involved, 844-843-6879. 